It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. It's great to have you all listening, and I'm really pleased to be bringing you a second takeaways episode in just three weeks. Uh, one quick update before we dive into my takeaways from last week's two conferences. It's about International E Commerce Day. On the 3rd of November, International E Commerce Day takes place. It's an online conference, which means you can access it all from your office. There's no travel required. The speaker lineup is superb. It includes me as well. Um, And I'm definitely going to be tuning in for quite a lot of the sessions as the day rolls by. You can right now save your spot for free. It's a totally free to attend conference at the moment, um, although that's the early bird ticket price. So you want to get over and do that now. Get yourself signed up. To do so, um, if you go to the show notes for this episode, which is at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 72, there's a link there to sign up for International E-Commerce Day. So if you really must, pause this podcast right now, go and sign yourself up and then come back here to listen to the takeaways. The e-delivery conference and internet retailing conferences are sister conferences held across two days last week. This is very hot off the press. This year, I was um, honoured to chair two of the conference streams, so which means I get to introduce every speaker, moderate the Q&As, which gives me lots of great information in this episode for you because I was right there in the thick of it for the whole two days. There was a fair bit of delivery discussion in the internet retailing conference as well. So rather than religiously separate the two days, I've merged all the relevant content into each of the areas we're talking about below, including delivery, regardless of which conference the words were actually uttered during. Oh, and there was almost no mention of Black Friday at all, which um, I was looking back at last year's updates, which seemed to be quite heavy on Black Friday, but absolutely no mention at all this year. So I guess everyone's slightly less scared of it than they were this time last year. Anyway, what do I have updates on? on for you. Well, on the delivery side of things, uh, we're going to talk about click and collect beyond the hype. I'm going to quickly update you on Pudu or Pudo, depending on how you want to pronounce it, which is P-U-D-O. We'll come on to that later. Um, and we've also got um, a piece about the power of listening to customers and using the right software system to make your delivery work, uh, which includes a bit of a case study data from Feel Unique, the beauty brand. Then on the non-delivery side of things, I've got a couple of updates for you on product, single customer view and customer experience, which at the end of the day is what it's all about. Before we dive in, though, please remember you can get my whole script for this show. Think of it as a very long blog post in the show notes at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 72. That includes my typos, links to useful things and a couple of pictures and everything I'm about to tell you, of course. Okay, on the delivery side of things then, click and collect beyond the hype. We all know that click and collect is a big customer favourite, but don't go thinking it's easy. During my panel at Internet Retailing, we got firmly into a discussion on click and collect. It was what the audience wanted to know about. Turns out pretty much every retailer in the room had a click and collect option, but less than 5% of them were happy with it, which is just crazy. Problems we discussed around click and collect and, and that came out at other points around the or around the uh, conferences, which I want to share with you because I think this is a useful way of you just understanding that it may seem like everyone else is doing it perfectly, but they really aren't. 
So Holland and Barrett, who are UK high street retailers selling vitamins and hopefully a future podcast guest, just trying to get it past PR. Um, they are they found that click and collect was their most expensive delivery method because their replenishment lorries only visit stores twice a week. They have to process a click and collect order like a normal e-commerce order, sending it via their normal e-commerce delivery methods to the store, then the store team have to give it to the customer. And because it comes totally sealed, they have no knowledge of what's actually in the parcel and thus no ability to upsell, cross-sell, etc. And you know, give the customer a good experience. So they've now introduced a, pr- a premium price for their click and collect service. Boots UK, which is a pharmacy chain with about 3,000 stores across the country, huge business, They have um, over 70% of their online orders are click and collect. And some of their stores are pretty tiny because they have locations at train stations and airports and things. So (laughs) the woman from Boots actually referred to the impact of click and collect at peak as the attack of the parcels, which I thought was a marvellous phrase. Then John Lewis, um, who we all saw in the press last year, had problems with click and collect in the Waitrose stores, so their supermarket chain. Only about 50% of their customers pick up their parcels the next day. So they place the order and pick up the next day. There's only about 50% of them, which means they've got huge quantities of, of product, of boxes, just sitting around waiting for someone to come in and get them. And after Black Friday, so after that peak sales period, that dropped to just 38% of customers coming in next day. That causes the massive storage issues in store. In fact, they're now considering making next day click and collect a premium offering and then delivering the other parcels more slowly in order to uh, to reduce some of the costs. So you need to consider click and collect, but you've got to be aware that the industry standard model is still being worked out. We're still not sure whether it's click and collect from our store, from someone else's store, how quickly it should be delivered, how much the customer should have to pay for it. This is all still up in the air. So Listen to your customers, find out if they really want that click and collect option and then start working on how to get it working in the right way for them. But understand that even the biggest players in the market are having problems with it right now. So Pudu is the next one or Podo, which is P-U-D-O. This was a new one for me this year, not something I'd heard people saying before. And it stands for pick up, drop off. So the ability for customers to collect goods and also to return them at a location. So it just goes to show, as I often say, there are no stupid questions in e-commerce. You sometimes have to ask uh, these things because uh, it always seems to be set up sometimes just to confuse us. Now, Hypership, um, who were one of the providers of software who were speaking at the event, they shared stats that 85% of customers say they'd shop more from a retailer if the delivery and returns was easy. And so Pudu um, seems to be a way of making that easy for people. And they were demonstrating they have clients who use multiple different Pudu options and they can combine them all into a map to make it really easy for the customer to find both the pickup drop off solution, which works for the customer and the location that works for the customer. It seems to me that investing in a Pudu carrier would be a better move than a click and collect only service because you're using a third party who's used to the system they're, they're you know they they've built click and collect into their business model uh, or the facilitation of click and collect into their business model and they probably have greater coverage than yourself so i think for the smaller business who's looking for an outsourced click and collect model i'd probably look for a pudo solution which enables the customers to return the goods that way as well Okay, so the main bit about delivery, the power of listening to customers and using the right software system this is that case study i mentioned with feel unique 
All this next section comes from the marvellous session run by Craig Wheeler, who's Ops Director or Operations Director at feelunique.com. And he really knows his stuff when it comes to getting the delivery right for the customer. So there was definitely a push at the conference and definitely a hot topic was delivery management software. Software that manages the delivery proposition from what the customer sees and selects on the website right through to which carrier actually delivers the parcel, including a customised tracking dashboard. So rather than having everyone, every customer rather having to go to DPD or Parcel Force website, the customer just logs into the retailer's site and sees everything there on brand, all looking the same, all their orders in the same place and so forth. And often they include incorporate a review system as well. There was some, um, it wasn't feel unique, but others demonstrating that in certain postcode areas, if they've had bad feedback about a certain courier, simply in that town, that postcode area, they will switch that out for another courier to deliver that service in that area. So it can get quite granular. Of course, you need huge volumes to be to, for going that granular to be worthwhile but I still thought this was an interesting thing to bring you guys the smaller retailers to help you see what the potential is out there but also the challenges that the big boys are dealing with too so I think a a software system certainly makes sense in theory as the options become more complex for the customer and for yourselves in terms of couriers and postage options and also about getting your own reports back from customers on the delivery method so you can keep your couriers in check is clearly a route to massive improvements in customer services but do ask yourself the question of is this piece of software the right piece for you to be investing in right now or is there something else you should be pushing forward first so feel unique who are a retailer of beauty products and they sell across the world they've been working with such a system and approach this year they chose to invest in the software system which in their case comes from IT in Cell, S-E-L-L, because they wanted to focus on getting the last mile of the delivery right for the customer. For anyone who's not familiar with the last mile phrase, it's one we use to talk about that last bit of getting it out to the consumer, the last mile of the delivery and making sure it gets delivered, etc. They also wanted to remove the confusion that customers felt in having to deal with multiple carriers. So they actually move things to a, the customer chooses the proposition, they don't choose the carrier on the website. They wanted to make sure that the untracked services didn't feel inferior for the customer. They wanted to be able to make a delivery promise to their customers. If you don't get your parcel within 10 days, we'll issue a refund. Now there's a powerful message to encourage that customer to make the purchase. Um, and also they wanted to make sure their packaging was creating a good experience for customers because in the world of beauty, um, the packaging is almost as important as the product often. So the platform that they put in place has given them a great database of stats, drilled down to pretty much every area you could think of. And this also includes customer reviews because customers are asked to review their delivery experience and remarkably they get 30% of all customers responding to the request for a delivery review. For normal reviews, you know, the Trustpilot FIFO method, they usually only get a 10% response. So clearly customers are quite eager to, to, to share their experience of delivery back to the retailers, which has to suggest there's some room for improvement. Those review requests included a free text box and each of those was answered by customer services and continues to be within 20 minutes when they're open. In setting up, they also mapped the individual delivery options to all 110 countries they serve so that the customer gets a dashboard, so a what stage your parcel is at view 
that fits the individual's experience, depending on which country they're in, depending in which um, service they've chosen. This was about making sure that on-track service still feels like a like a quality service. So it would be fair to say that getting the software to work well for you is not easy. Um, but they found that 58% of their customers are using this tracking system. So they're definitely giving a better customer service. Plus, the stats have enabled them to tweak and improve their delivery service. So they found out which bits of the delivery piece are annoying the customer. And then they've gone to, to improve that for them. So they've changed their carriers and methods in Europe. They discovered they needed local ca carriers, not just the ones they use in the UK to ship into Europe in some cases. They changed their principal UK carrier. What a big shift that is, purely based on the customer data. They also changed their packaging. So they discovered that two of their box types were causing customers issues. So they got they amended those boxes so they were better and not no longer causing the issues that, that they had been. So what are the results of doing all this work? Well, first off, customers are saying they have more confidence in the delivery. The review stats are going up in a positive direction. It's had a positive increase on repeat purchases globally. Uh, he shared the stats for the international. So international repeat purchases have increased 50% because all international orders are now tracked, which is a change they made on the basis of the, uh, the responses they'd had. Just something that simple of switching your, your delivery options has a 50% increase in repeat purchases. How amazing is that? And um, also they found that delivery queries to the customer service team have dropped by 10%. Now, 50% of all customer queries were about delivery. So that's a massive decrease in the amount in the workload that the, the customer service team are having to deal with. So there's a big old cost saving there too. So that's all my updates on delivery there for you, which really, really it all means Keep an eye on what your customer wants and how your customer's finding that delivery and make sure it's powerful. It's, it's, it's not powerful. Make sure it's as the customer wants and expects because if you hit that, as we can see from those stats from Phil Unique, the impact is quite impressive. Let's move beyond delivery now. So the first thing I want to update you about is product. Now, there's a really interesting piece of analysis that I picked out from the presentation of Andrew McLean, who's the head of international and chief operating officer at Urban Outfitters. That's an American and international kind of lifestyle clothing brand, which sells through pretty much every channel known to man. And he was looking at the number of lines stocked in terms of dresses only at different um, online retailers. And what he found was that the pure play retailers are often just product aggregators, as in they stock every single option in order to give the customer endless choice because they're, you know, having to bid on that, the word dress, etc. So they've got to have the right dress there for the customer when they get there. But that a brand such as themselves stock far fewer projects, products even because the edit of those products is so essential to the brand. You know, so when you walk into Urban Outfitters, you should see dresses that look like Urban Outfitters, dresses that fit. Um, there's a great chart that helps explain this, and I've put a picture of it in the show notes at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 72 for you. So have a think about what you are and what you want your business to be. Do you want to be a product aggregator offering the ultimate choice in the product range that you're selling? Or do you want to be a brand where people come for that superior edit because they know they're going to like what they see when they get to you? Which one do you want to be? 
On the subject of single customer view then, I just had a very quick update on this one. Robin Phillips, the Director of Omnichannel and Development at Boot UK, revealed that they are currently three years into a project to build their single customer view and this project will continue for another two to three years. I thought it was just really good of him to have shared that information because I really want to just say to you, single customer view is a bit like customer lifetime value don't beat yourself up about trying to work work it out and make it perfect understand the concepts and in the case of single customer view don't just focus on the data you haven't yet managed to incorporate look at the data you have and create the right marketing off the back of that for your customers so even if it's as simple as the customer relationship levels as in my book customer persuasion so inquirers visitors first time buyers second time buyers that's probably enough. That's one of the biggest and most important segmentations you can make when you're doing your marketing to get the right message in front of the right person. So that was just kind of a little sense check on single customer view for you. Now let's take a look at customer experience. And this was the big theme of the conference. So I have a few key takeaways on this topic for you. Monetate, another of the sponsors of the event, they shared a great stat from a 2016 Gartner survey. 89% of companies will compete primarily on customer service in the future. So you've got to make sure that that customer experience, that customer service piece is really strong in your business. A common theme across the conference was that you can have all the tech in the world to achieve great customer experience, great customer service. But if the people you employ aren't the right ones and they're not on board with what you're doing, you've not given them the training, you've not set things up so they get it, it's just not going to work. So Halfords have been addressing this. Their chief digital officer, Tony Rivenel, explained that training their teams to create a great in-store experience is one of their, is a huge project within the business. And it's creating that experience is their primary method of differentiating themselves from Amazon. Should you buy a bike from Amazon or should you buy it from Halfords? Well, if you buy it from Amazon, it's going to arrive in a box and you're not going to get any help. If you buy it from Halfords, they'll build it for you and explain how to maintain it. It's a much more inclusive, all-encompassing experience. Then we had James McClure, the General Manager of UK and Ireland for Airbnb, and he explained that their business is built on the currency of trust, and that they sell experience ahead of features. So it's clearly very important to them that the experience is top-notch. During his presentation, he shared two ways in which they make that a reality. So each year they run a conference for their hosts, the people who list their locations on Airbnb. This year they had the tech team on standby to make feasible improvements right there and then during the conference. So as the debates went on and the the, the team spoke to their hosts, they found that um, there were many, many things they could improve. And in fact, over 50 improvements were made directly relating to the, to that feedback during the conference. So by the time the conference ended, 50 improvements had been made to the system so that the the hosts were better served, enabling them to better serve the end customer. Then back in January, they ran a marketing campaign called One Less Stranger, where they gave 10,000 of their hosts $10 each and asked them to use it to make one less stranger in the world. And ideally share it on social media, etc. You know, be that buy, buy a, a stranger a, a Starbucks or do something in your area. Um, and this had a huge social media impact, much more than the, uh, than the price of the, uh, of the series of giving away all those $10. Finally, I have an example from Boots that I think ties 
that idea of great experience up with some sales stats. I know you're all crying out for some sales stats. They created recently their first omni-channel service. It's been live for about five months and it's called Beautiful You and you can find it at discoverbeautifulyou.com. I'll put a link to that in the show notes at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 72 for you. They know that most women don't know which skin type they are, which is pretty essential when you're trying to buy the right makeup and the right beauty products. If the customer doesn't know who they are or what their skin is, they're not going to be able to, to get that great experience from the product. So when the customer logs on to the website, they can create themselves a profile and answer a series of questions which will better identify their skin type. Then, of course, it offers them products and so forth. But the customer also gets the option of booking an appointment at one of 57 stores that have been set up to do full on skin type analysis with very scientific gadgets that really zoom in on your skin and identify exactly what sort of skin type it is. Interestingly, it turns out that only one in five of those taking the survey actually get their skin type right, just showing the importance of that one-on-one interaction back at the stores. This is just a trial, that's why at the moment it's only at 57 stores. But this activity has led to a 50% conversion rate. 50% of those who take the, pro, the, the, um, the survey profile go on to make a purchase. The people who've signed up to Discover Beautiful You, they purchase more often, they're spending more on average, so higher AOVs, and this whole project has also brought them new customers into the mix. This just goes to show that if you get that customer experience right, even if it's just in a smaller area of your business, just one little app, one little sub-website, one little product, just the delivery, whichever bit of that customer experience needs improvement, get that right and you will grow your business. So there's my update. You can find the script of this show and all the links, including the free online conference International E-Commerce Day sign up at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 72. In the meantime, stay tuned for episode 73 with John Butt of Fire Protection Online. Not the most sexy of products is the fire extinguisher, but John is a master both in efficiently running his business and driving the sales. So it's one not to miss. Have a great week, everybody, and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.